Welcome to The New Monks. This podcast is dedicated to those of us on the journey of evolution. Through these episodes, we will dive into the lives of individual people and discover what they have learnt and how they have handled their growth. We believe that we all have wisdom to be shared with each other and can learn from listening to each other's stories. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you feel like leaving us a review and sharing the love, that would be greatly appreciated. So this is just a heads up because, you know, there's a lot of information that is coming to light at the moment. And through these episodes, each person is going to share a different side of that for them. Now, this isn't to say that every single thing that is shared here is going to be 100% accurate, you know, it's just not where we are right now, it's just not the case of the unravelling and the disclosures that are being revealed to us. Obviously, things are always, always changing, and in one moment something can be so real and so true, and the next moment is completely shifted and changed into something else. This is the journey of evolution, this is the journey of incension that we are going through right now. So, this is just an invitation that you're Discernment is really, really important, as always, as usual. Please take what resonates and leave the rest. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the New Monks podcast. I am Jane Muller, and today I am talking to a young gentleman called Alex Zek. If you haven't already, definitely check him out online where he has been deleted so many times. He's always sharing super insightful and inspiring information. In this episode, we really speak on the health industry and how he came to understand the lies and the deceits from a previous experience that he had with his wife and his mum. Very personal experience of coming into healing and recognising what was truly going on with, you know, constantly giving drugs and looking at to the experts. And then finding healing actually in another kind of place. And we also speak on the conversations that are taking place now and the intention behind our words and our purpose. And then finally, we really touch on this book he's been reading at the moment, The Law of One, which really gives us an all-encompassing understanding of the idea of darkness and light and why things are the way that they are in this way, which I think is super insightful and important to understand and anchor in so that we can allow that to shift and change our lives in a really tangible way. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and definitely check out all he's been doing and will continue to do because uh, he's creating waves. Thank you so much, Alec, for being here and for being open to share your story. How I begin normally is this, just to take a few deep breaths in and out. And then just tell us how you're feeling right now. Good. 
Chill. Hmm. Good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's difficult sometimes in this climate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It definitely is. Uh, how do you find your chill in these moments of time? Uh, this is a good question because the answer is um, through meditation. And what I'm really coming to understand lately is meditation is not just an act that you're sitting and uh, you have to sit in a certain position at a certain time for a certain set amount of time doing a certain thing, um, trying to eliminate thoughts from flowing into your mind. That's like an oxymoron in and of itself. It's not possible to do that, right? Meditation yeah. is a way of being, it's just being present in the moment and mm -hmm. whatever you can latch onto you, latch onto to help pull you back into being present. Um, that in and of itself is an act of meditation. So mm -hmm. it's like, people shame themselves for not meditating for a certain amount of time. Oh, I didn't sit down in the Lotus position and meditate for 30 minutes, or I missed a Kundalini yoga class, or I didn't do Qigong today. And it's like, obviously those are all great tools and I use Qigong, but um, if you are shaming yourself for any of, for, for missing those things or not doing it correctly, then you're missing the entire point of meditation. Mm -hmm. So it's a, uh, I find my chill by, just finding the present moment. Mm, I love that. It's so true. And sometimes there's this misunderstanding there, you know, that the practice is actually supposed to be taken out of the practice. <laughs> mm -hmm. But what was your journey with meditation? How did you find it? And Oh, I, uh, so in the midst of like, I hate using this cause it's such a buzzword, but it, but it, there's no other word to really describe it in the midst of healing a lot of my childhood trauma that I experienced when I was younger, um, meditation was given to me by, and, and I had, to be clear, I had done like Wim Hof meditations before where, which is more so just like breathing techniques. Right. Yeah. It wasn't very intentional. It was just that I had friends who said, wow, dude, I feel high after like doing this. And I would, you know, do the Wim Hof method. But, um, when I learned the purpose of meditation, uh, it, it was given to me by a, the coach that I was working with at the time um, to heal my childhood trauma. And it was uh, just to help set the intention for, for the day and to um, free, not free your mind because your mind will always have thoughts. It's to um, free your attachment to any of the emotions that arise within you mm -hmm. um, and, and your attachment to identifying mm. with them right yeah it's, it's helping you be the observer of your emotions and know that you are it's like a paradox if if we are all things like and we are you know manif one individuated manifestation of source then technically yes we are our emotions but it's also that like you are fundamentally not your emotions as well yeah because you are pure love and awareness manifested yes. in, a, in a unique form so it's like that yes. weird paradox but that was that's when that was given to me i love that i know i hear what you're saying about the childhood trauma you know buzzword but at the same time it's so important you know to do that work but how did you stumble into that and you know when was it the that it came to you and yeah 
I uh, I had to because I had no other choice because I um, had already um, come across the tool that is holistic health, right? Um, and then this is, I'll, I'll summarize this piece as, as quickly as I can. Two people that I love dearly were perpetually ill, um, one for the psychiatric side of things and then one for autoimmune uh, sort of inflammation side of things. Uh, and they're perpetually ill within the allopathic system um, and getting worse. And, you know, we're told by experts, by medical doctors, that they would be this way forever, that they were just going to always have to try new drugs. Um, and their health kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then by chance, my mom um, started seeing a therapist who was reading a book called A Mind of Your Own by Dr. Kelly Brogan. And then my mom made an appointment with Dr. Kelly Brogan. And from there, my mom's life was changed. She, she began healing for the first time ever with this, you know, pseudoscientific quackery, uh, holistic approach to health. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mom began healing. And so after seeing my mom begin to heal, we decided to try the same thing with my wife who I had just married at the time, nine years prior to us getting married, she was diagnosed with lupus rheumatoid arthritis and was chronically inflamed like I said, and after seeing my mom begin to heal, we decided to try the same thing with my wife and she reversed her uh, symptoms in a, as little as four months, got off all of her medications and was completely fine. So I started going down the rabbit hole of questioning that, which leads to questioning so many other things, um, which leads you to start questioning yourself. And then when you start questioning yourself and you realize that you've been externalizing your self-worth your whole life and like putting up this facade and trying to pretend and be this, be that, and like make sure you look this way and you're this cool and you have these things. I was forced to like naturally in that process, I got to a point where I felt so discontent because I was starting to adopt these holistic approaches and it was mm. pulling up other things out of me. And I got to a point of not realizing or not knowing who I, who I was at all. Um, and wow. having a total like mental breakdown. And then I had to, uh, heal my trauma. Like I, I had no other choice. So I worked with a coach for like six months, um, on pretty intense childhood trauma healing. And it's still a process. It's not like healing it. Healing, there is no healed. There is no like destination like, oh, I am healed. It's it's a journey of like continually healing because there's always going to be triggers that arise. There's always going to be things that happen. There's always going to be more uh, harms that are uh, impressed upon you in various ways that, that, that need healing. And it's just a journey of continually refining and healing and getting to the point where it's easier as things come across your way or as triggers arise to, to manage them and deal with them. Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah, it's such an intricate process. Mm -hmm. So it's mad. But I'd love talking to people about this, the, their specific process through it all. What, was, what did that feel like for you at the time when, you know, you were told all these things with your wife and then all of a sudden everything just shifted, you know, it's a massive transformation. <laughs> That's a good question because I, <laughs> I was an officer in the U.S. Army at the time. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So I like was working for the government. Um, and so when you start questioning pharmaceutical corruption and allopathic medicine and understand the, uh, the powers of just living as a human being should live, um, which, you know, people will call natural or holistic health. It's just the way our ancestors lived and thrived. Um, 
you naturally start questioning the government. <laughs> and uh, that was tough because I was working for the government. This was me in a previous, this was literally two and a half years ago. So wow. or three years ago. Yeah, that, that picture was taken. And yeah, wow. I obviously look nothing like that anymore. But um, so I, uh, it was tough because I was in the army, right? But I was able to, um, I was still, how do I put this? Hiding my authentic self. Like I'd come to understand all these things and believe all of these things, but then I still just would put on the facade of like, Oh, I'm an officer in the army. And like none of my friends really knew what I believed in. And I would like sort of conceal that and I would come back home and, and then I would have these holistic practices and then go back to work and then be like all hardcore army guy. And, uh, it wasn't until, well, really the childhood trauma, uh, trauma healing that occurred afterwards that, that broke through that. And luckily I was in this program in the army for a year and a half, two years, uh, called the U S army world-class athlete program. If you're on a U.S. national team for any any Olympic sport, if you're basically a, a training as an Olympic athlete, then there's this program in the Army where you get to do that full time. And so that was my job in the Army. And so that allowed me to step away from like the day-to-day -day Army life. For two years, I didn't wear a uniform. I just trained as an athlete. And because mm -hmm. I had that time to reflect, that's when I really started stepping into like my authenticity. And this is prior to COVID. And at that point I knew for sure, like, I don't want to be in the army anymore and I need to get out of the army. And then, um, but, but again, still concealing my authentic self publicly. Uh, and it wasn't until COVID hit that like this scenario presents itself where I had already done so much research on pharmaceutical and government corruption. I had already done so much research on natural health and the powers of just adopting hol a holistic approach to health. And I'd already personally dealt with um, in my childhood and healed uh, subsequently narcissistic abuse, manipulation, gaslighting, all the things. And all these things that I have studied, dived into or, or healed uh, come to fruition in reality through the COVID situation. And it got to a point where I it was so glaringly obvious what was going on to me. Um, I even made a video February 29th, 2020 before any uh talk of lockdown before any of those things started happening where i said this situation will no doubt be used for mandatory vaccines for all people wow I, yeah <laughs> yeah and i i knew i just knew that that's what was going to happen and i knew that wow. what this situation was so got to a point where i could no longer conceal my authentic self even though i was still in the army and it'd be very risky to start speaking out I began speaking because I, I had to, I had no other choice. Like I knew it in my soul that I had to start speaking on what was going on. It's funny cause I don't need to play the video. I can send it to you afterwards, but there's me in the video with my cleanly shaven face. I look like I'm like 10 years younger than right now, but that was <laughs> February 29th, 2020. And I said that this is going to be used for mandatory vaccines for all people. And that's before lockdowns, masks, any of it. So I, I knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah. That's crazy. I love that. It's amazing. It's, it sounds like it's quite, it was quite a rapid um, process. You, like you said the past three years, right? Yes, it was so rapid because <clears throat> I started the holistic health journey in uh, 2016, like May slash June of 2000. Well, really not until like July of 2016. And 
just the health absent of the healing and the when i say health just the physical part of it right mm-hmm. um with, with some research into the corruption of the pharmaceutical industry but it, like i had not done any of the mental spiritual aspect of the totality that is uh holistic health right like which are those are such huge components i hadn't done any trauma healing until 2018 that's when all oh. of that started and the 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 trauma healing and the like be becoming very spiritually connected and and grounded um that yeah that didn't really come in until 2018 i love also it also sounds like you were just being prepared for the moment for when 2020 hit yeah all of a sudden you had all of this information and knowledge and knowing as well from your own experience that's just the most important part you know you know, it's so interesting because in 2019, um, in between assignments in the army, so essentially like I was let go of the world-class athlete program, because if you don't qualify for the Olympics and your respective sport, then you're just back to a normal army job. So I didn't like with, with the team, with the sport that I played team handball, we didn't qualify for the Olympics. We haven't qualified in the U S since 1996. So, um, but we, we didn't qualify. So I was back to the army, but I had to wait six months till my next assignment. So I, uh, was able to go stay. My wife and I, and my son, um, were able to go stay with my mom for a few months and really immersed ourselves. And cause I had so much free time because in between assignments, I, I was able to really just do whatever I wanted to. And I, uh, read a lot. I, I meditated multiple times a day, every day. I, you know, really used it as a, a time to work on me, but it was funny because one thing my mom said was, I feel like something big is coming. And we were all like, mom, shut up, like stop. And she's like, no, I feel like something big is coming next year. That's going to change the world. I've said this before. And it's like, at the time we were like, mom, shut up. Like nothing, like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, no, I feel like something big is coming. And then at the same time I was trying to figure out, cause I knew I wanted to get out of the army. I was like, what do I want to do with like, how can, how can I help people with these very like unique things that I'm now passionate about that? Like, like, you know, I, I really am passionate about holistic health, but I don't want to be like a health coach. Maybe yeah. I'll go be a physical therapist. Maybe I'll go be a chiropractor. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I also have like the trauma healing component of it. I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. I've been through, I've been, you know, physically abused. I like, I, I, and I can help people with that. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then COVID hit and it was like the perfect scenario for me to, yeah. to start speaking. And that's, that's yeah. how that happened. So. I love that. I love that your mom had that feeling. I, I think at the end of 2019, I had this feeling like something big was going to happen, but it was going to more like there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be going through this healing. Mm-hmm. And then when it came, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. It's bad. It sounds like a lot has just happened really quickly for you. And mm-hmm. you did the work as well. It was like no hesitation, just, just some kind of like following of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's really weird in hindsight because I, like back then I wasn't like trying to craft anything. You know what I mean? It just flowed. It just naturally those things came to me and I was supposed to be doing it. And it's like looking back now, it's like, wow, all that happened for a reason because I know that what I'm doing right now is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, Mm. And I also know that because even when it gets extremely stressful, because I, 
I mean, I don't make a ton of money doing what I'm doing, even as the executive director of, of Health Freedom for Humanity. Um, and uh, not not that I'm like poor or anything or like suffering, but I, I don't make a ton of money. And I know that if I were to use my degree, I mean, I, I have a degree in systems engineering and I could go make a lot of very good money uh, in, in normie world, if you will. But I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because anytime I try to step away, or I'm like, I, okay, I, I've had enough of this. I'm just tired of doing all this stuff. I'm tired of being a so-called influencer, which I like hate that word. And I used to make fun of people who were. Um, mm. Something always pulls me back in. And it's not like a, like, like a codependent relationship. It's like I legitimately try to step away or go do something else. And then something happens where um either someone says like alec your work has changed my life your organization has changed my life or i go to an event that our organization puts on and i see you know 200 to 250 plus people that are all in community with each other that have are feeling validated that are talking about solutions that mm -hmm. are you know crying but also laughing and mm -hmm. uh talking about how being in community like this is changing their life and i and i remember that i facilitated that space and it's like this work is so important and yeah. it's it's helping so many people i can't not do it i have to i have to continue doing it yeah i mean that's so amazing that you found that but it's like you found your purpose within the world and I feel like we're we're moving away from that model anyway, you know, just working in yeah. this machine and for money, you know, this is the way forward, you know? Yeah. I just wanted to ask you, and yeah, you're, I feel like you're doing so much as well. I, I've only seen from online, obviously, but this, all the gatherings you had, they just look so amazing. Um, oh, they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. So, you know, you said earlier the connection between the physical healing with your body and then the spiritual connection. How do you how can you explain to connect those together? Because I think for some people, physical is just physical, you know. <laughs> oh, man, this is a deep this could be like eight podcast episodes uh, for just this topic. Um, a lot of our the like manifestation of even physical symptoms like like uh having like chronic ailments um are influenced by mental or spiritual traumas that we are holding on to and um i think obviously allopathic medicine misses the boat on that completely because they only see the human being as a physical machine that needs to be tinkered with in order to heal, right? Like if one component is not working correctly, then just vaccinate or medicate that component or, you know, cut off that component and burn it or add a new component to it. And it's the understanding, understanding that we are not machines in the slightest bit. We are complex, uh, mind, body, spirits all in one. Um, and our mental and spiritual, traumas and uh you know information that has been pressed upon us and even maybe things that occurred in previous lives or before this life occurred absolutely have an effect on us physically and having that understanding um is extremely important to really begin to heal uh any physical ailments that have uh that, that arise within you but 
obviously it's so much more than that because there is just the mental and spiritual components by themselves that have a toll on you mentally and spiritually but it yeah. uh, just speaking to how the the connection physically like it's absolutely connected and they're interdependent mm. and then say your transformation through that did, what was the change in i guess just your experience of living as you started to do a lot of the healing yeah i'm going to be honest like i never had um any crazy physical issues uh i say that and this is going to sound crazy but i've had five surgeries in my life wow. so what i mean by that though is i'm not like chronically oh, yeah. inflamed, but it's that i have i have two screws in my left shoulder and when i had shoulder surgery um which was in 2017 and this is before i knew that the body like really understood that the body heals itself and i honestly shouldn't have had surgery but it all works out for my good because i was medically discharged from the army because of my shoulder and i get paid by the government every month now for the rest of my life uh completely tax-free which is which is incredible um but anyway i when i had shoulder surgery and i was healing from shoulder surgery a very traumatic experience happened between my mom and my dad where they they were splitting up and they were getting a divorce and i like our myself and my siblings were kind of in between the two of them um and i know that my shoulder and i have like neck tightness which which is a result of the screws but it's also a result of the trauma that i was experiencing while i was healing that so when i get triggered the first thing that happens to me is my shoulder and my traps and my neck tighten up really bad. That's the first thing that happens when I get emotionally triggered. So it's showing that because I, when I was healing that injury, I was going through something traumatic. So I was always tense and always tight. Anytime now that I go through something traumatic or have a trigger that happens, the first thing that happens to me in your body, keep score, your body remembers yeah. is that my shoulder my neck and my trap all tighten up immediately. Yeah. So I know that, and this is something that like I'm, you know, it's a continual healing process that, that there's something there that still needs to be healed from that experience. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love that you said that the, the body keeps the score. <laughs> yeah. And also I love what you said about past lives that mm. carries through in your body. Because I feel like now it's the thing where it's like, it's just like, yeah, that's real, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like most people, especially in this space are like, don't even question. Like it's yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. We have yeah. previous lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Such a wonderful uh, journey though. How did you finally manage to bite the bullet and just, you know, you said you were living these two different um, realities. I feel like that can be quite common. Oh my to, God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How many people have authentic observations um, or just questions even, which is, mm -hmm. which is so sad, just like, like authentic questions that they are scared to ask or scared to, to bring about publicly for fear of what others may think, for fear yeah. that, you know, they may lose their job, for fear that they may lose their friends, their family may think they're crazy, they may be ostracized by society, they may be attacked, mocked, shamed. So many people, the majority of society, even people in this like sovereignty slash health space 
are are doing that yeah. and i yeah i think it was when i like when i was so got so deep in that into my childhood trauma healing and like i said earlier had that experience of i don't know who i am is is when i finally got to my breaking point of like now i can be who i authentically am because mm-hmm. i don't know who i am if that makes sense and it's like at that point i began to allow myself to express as i authentically am and my authentic perceptions um yeah. and then when covid hit like <laughs> again it was just like the perfect scenario because i had been through all of those things on a microcosm right like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the narcissistic abuse the scapegoating the manipulation the gaslighting uh pharmaceutical corruption i had seen two people that i love harmed within allopathic medicine and i see them heal via natural health i see natural health now in 2020 being demonized oh these crazy anti-vaxxers anti-maskers blah 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 i had seen it all and I had these authentic perceptions and I, and I had already, like I said, began to step into that authenticity, but hadn't had, there was, wasn't a like experience to push me over the edge fully into my authentic expression. COVID was that it was what pushed me over the edge into my full authentic expression. And it wasn't even like a, like when I first began speaking, I was just a normal dude who posted pictures of like his family and himself, like playing sports on social media. Like that was like, that's what I, I didn't have a crazy following or anything like that. And when I first began to post, the first post I made was about pharmaceutical corruption with some statistics. Um, and was I lost in, like, go ahead. Was that, that in 2020? Yep. It was in 2020. So okay. that video I made February 29th, I never released. I actually hadn't released that until 2021. Like I, like, wow. I, I forgot I made it and I was going through old videos on my phone and I saw this and I was like, what the hell is this? And I pulled it up. I was like, Oh my God, I said wow. this February 29th, but, um, I didn't start wow. posting on social media or speaking out until May of 2020. Yeah. And, uh, when I did though, I, I lost like 600 followers, which would have been, you know, some of my friends or acquaintances uh, yes. pretty instantaneously. And honestly, it did not like, you would think that would have upset me, but it didn't at all. It was, it was like, yeah, those, like those people don't resonate with what I have to say. And it's no surprise because they haven't done research on any of these topics. So mm-hmm. they just sort of fell away. And I kept on speaking as thoughts came to me. It wasn't like a forceful, like, oh, I got to make a post today. It was just like, if I have a thought, I share it. Yeah. And I, w- I would I would do that. Or if I have, you know, something that I think needs to be broken down for people, like some of the earlier posts, because this was before any talks of the COVID vaccine, although I knew it was coming, um, were about like oneness and how we are all interconnected and how shaming other people is... Uh, inherently uh flawed spiritually or or like not allowing people to freely express um or they were about specifically about the childhood vaccine schedule that those those were the two like primary areas that i talked about but um i kept on you know talking and kept on losing and losing and losing and shedding and it was cool because it was like a it's like a shedding of layers of me that just no longer they, they fit with who i was pretending to be but they did not fit with who I am. Wow. And I did not see any, I, I wasn't like, I, I don't think I had any experiences where I was like, oh my God, it's really sad that all these people that I went to school with and all these former people 
are no longer speaking to me. Some, maybe some of them when it came to some of my like closer friends, like one of my, one of my friends who I thought was one of my best friends that was a usher in my wedding. Um, he posted on his Instagram when he saw that I was making posts, he passive aggressively posted on his story, uh, a painting in downtown Denver that said, we're all in this together. And then he put a subtext underneath that, except for anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists. And I was just like, okay, I see where you're at. But for the most part, I saw it as a shedding, a shedding of what I was pretending to be. It was like just more aspects of that just going away. And I was stepping into this authenticity. And when I did that, when I got through the, the need to care what others think about me and just spoke authentically, always trying to do so from a position of love and compassion, what came into my life has changed it for the better. I have yeah. found people that I can immediately, like so many of the people that I've connected with online, I've now only met in person once or twice. Right. And wow. when we see each other in person, it's like an instantaneous, we go into deep conversations. There is no like fluff, <laughs> like, Oh, Hey, what do you like? Like, like, you know, it's, it's deep conversations. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> and it's it's been incredible because now I have friends who are authentic and are holding space for others to express as they choose, even if we disagree on many things, but they are authentically expressing themselves. And it's mm. it's you resonate and you find each other and it's it's been incredible. Mm. I love this. I love the your perspective and the way you've described it. Because again, I think this is another thing that a lot of us have been experiencing since 2020 this this shift and for me as well the same thing it was like oh now I have to step forwards and really express myself as I am you know and I love how you said that was like a shedding of all these things that you are not you know (laughs) that process it's amazing and yeah it, it feels like it really was a huge moment of um yeah friends and seeing this the differences between people and it was just mad (laughs) oh yeah well because you you saw i mean you can you can say for the most part you saw what everyone authentically Mm -hmm. thought about what was going on it's just that there were some people who are authentically expressing and whether they agreed with everything that was going on or not they they weren't there were some people who weren't trying to shame or mock others who disagreed or trying to silence others yeah. right even people who were fully on board with masking fully on board with the vaccine fully on board with yes. allopathic medicine fully on board with that there was people who were like that but still allowed space for open debate and discussion which is totally fine and weren't you know silencing other people or cutting off friends or anything like that yes and then there were people honestly, on both sides of the spectrum too, which is really yes. sad, who yep. were either pro or anti these things and were, if anyone disagreed with them, immediately silencing them. And I don't care if you were pro or anti. I'm I'm personally like, I, I don't agree with pharmaceutical products. I don't agree with vaccination. I don't agree with a number of these things, but I would never, ever dream of trying to silence the speech of someone else and silence the authentic expression of someone else Mm. that is that is antithetical to what i believe spiritually in that we are all individual aspects of the creator authentically expressing right Mm -hmm. and in order for the creator 
to more fully experience itself and expand spiritually this this a constant spiral upward back towards the light we need those authentic expressions that are diametrically opposed to each other we should never cut oh, off anyone who thinks differently than us ever yeah. we should never never venture to do that because we are fundamentally cutting off an aspect of ourself if we are all connected mm. i love that i guess like you said it works both ways right <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> yeah yeah this i think this is just a huge moment for every, all of us you know coming through this birth canal <laughs> that i feel like it's um, but I like that that's how you said that you stepped over to the other side. It's just finding your authenticity. And also where you say, who am I? You know, almost like these other things were layering on top of you or these society, you know, conditioning and all this other stuff, you know, that's just like, hang on a minute. Is that really who I am? Mm. <laughs> and then to get to who you really are, it's more like, it's like a breaking away, you know, of all yeah. of this. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Actually, I remember a post that you posted, maybe it was like in the last summer. And it was just really touched me. I was like, whoa, it was a story. I think it was about your mom. And it was like mm. a few little on the carousal, a few pages long. And I was, and it just made so much sense to me. And I feel like it also just how you can come to this conclusion that where you are right now because of this experience that you had you know, yeah. and then it's just like, whoa, it was just so obvious <laughs> when I read it. And I guess I must have, I have a similar experience with my going to healing with my body, right? And mm. then just going to the doctor and then, then realizing that this person does not know. And I went back so many times and I was like, wow, they have no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy when you realize that. that. I mean, that's that cognitive dissonance that I had first when my mom, like, again, under the care of multiple psychiatrists over the course of 10 years, continually getting worse. And it's so crazy because at the time in her down moments, we were like, oh my God, she needs to go back to the doctors, back to the experts to try new drugs because these ones just aren't working for her. Something's wrong with her. And then in her up moments, we were like, oh, thank God the drugs are working finally. Like the drugs are working. These doctors have really helped her out this time. And now looking back in hindsight, especially when she stepped away from that completely and adopted this very simple holistic approach, which was, you know, treat food as a source of medicine and nutrition. And if you treat food in, uh, that way and are very intentional about what you eat, you can be well, be mindful, heal your trauma, don't suppress it, feel your emotions, meditate, ground, very simple things, like very, very simple things. And yeah. For 10 years, it was all these complexities of, oh, you know, this channel doesn't interact with that, her like uh, voltage gated calcium channel, like all these things, right? Like very complex. And it's like she steps away from all of that and all these sciencey terms, all the things into something that is very, very simple and begins healing. I had this state of like, holy shit, is it really that easy? And then my wife does the same thing. And I'm like, oh my God, like, all of these experts that I, you know, it's not like I held them on a pedestal before. I just never really thought about it. I was just like, you know, doctors know best. Doctors are the experts. They go to medical school. They go to secondary, third, fourth schooling for these specific subjects. So they know better than anyone else. Wait, hold on. 
yes. they're wrong. Like yeah. it's these people who are being ostracized, mocked and shamed and called conspiracy theorists and you, that are, you know, so-called pseudoscientific quacks that are just adopting this very holistic, natural approach to health that is very simple. Those are the ones that are like, it was so crazy to me to come to that realization. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. That, I like the, the, what you said, the cognitive dissonance. Exactly. And it's the condition that I think we all have, you know, the doctors and everything, they're, they're the experts. And again, it's like outsourcing our own intelligence, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's outsourcing our own intelligence, critical thinking. And, and then like looking back, like I said, like it was, it was so obvious what was happening because her health, health was getting worse and worse each time she would go back. Wow. So obvious. But at the time, because I was so conditioned, my family was so conditioned, we were like, oh, it's her that's the issue. It's the drugs that like are just aren't working with her body. And the, the doctors are not wrong. They just need to try her on new drugs. Like it's so crazy that that's what I was conditioned to think. Because looking back, it's so obvious. Yeah. It was the drugs that were messing her up and the doctors were so sure that it was something else. But it was very obviously the drugs. It's actually very similar to right now. Yes. I just uh, interviewed um, uh, two anonymous nurses and one anonymous nurse practitioner from various parts of the United States. Yeah, I, saw, and, I just saw that one. Yeah, and what they described seeing yeah. in 2021 specifically um, after the rollout of these products, and it's not that they were even looking for it. It's that, okay, these products rolled out, and after these products rolled out and people start receiving them in mass, they see a large uptick in neurological conditions, blood clots, strokes, heart issues, and people who are otherwise healthy and young dropping dead suddenly. And they had intellectual curiosity. They were able to critically think and say, huh, I keep on seeing this happening. These products just rolled out. These people that are coming in, I check their chart and sure enough, they've had two, three doses of this product strange maybe we should look at this product and everyone else around them is like no 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 it can't possibly be that there's no way it could be and just like those doctors who are prescribing my mom benzodiazepines and ssris continually were taught to to refer to refer back to them as the solution the default solution those things could never possibly be the issue then they're not going to look at that as a possible source of the problem even if it's slapping them in the face even if it's so blatantly obvious that that thing mm -hmm. is the issue they will never look at that thing because they've been taught fundamentally that that thing is what is helping people just like yeah. when it comes to this product yeah. allopathic doctors and, and nurses and other healthcare workers have been taught that this product is what is saving people. This product is life-saving. It's safe yeah, and effective, yeah. safe and effective, safe and effective. So even if it's, it's nice. obvious to us that it's like, okay, this product rolled out, people are getting way more sick, more than usual, more than in 2020, they would never look at it because they've been taught to accept that it is the solution and they mm -hmm. don't think otherwise. It's like a blind spot. <laughs> How are you handling this? I feel like, yeah, what happened with your experience and to have that, like you say, it gives you a perspective that you can see things, I guess, in a kind of different way. And this is just how, I guess, the unraveling of what's taking place right now, everyone's on different, you know, awareness <laughs> stages. So, yeah, how do you um, navigate this terrain, you know? Ah, 
I like that word terrain. Um, but, uh, how do I navigate this terrain? I, I'm not going to lie. Like 2022 specifically. And I, I have like, there's a lot of personal stuff going on, uh, with, with, with some family members. Um, but it has been difficult. It has been very difficult because I, you know, I've, I've started this organization that is, that is growing rapidly. That is, um, really helping a lot of people. And I have to put a lot of attention and effort into continuing that. Yeah. But it's striking a balance with that and also taking time for me and working on me. And then also mm -hmm. more importantly, taking time for family and, and being there and being present with my two kids and my wife. And it's like a hard balance to strike given the state of the world, because I so desperately want to help and continue to push and grow this organization to help people. But if I've said this before, and it's like, in many ways, I need to really learn to follow my own advice. Mm -hmm. If you are a so-called freedom fighter fighting for freedom, and you aren't even free internally, then you're missing the point entirely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I love that. And, I, and, and lately, lately, to be honest, I feel not that not that enslaved is the correct word, but I feel like a slave to my circumstances in that like I, I'm constantly on the go, constantly moving, constantly going and traveling places and speaking at things and constantly in meetings and and all these things. And it's it's for a good cause ultimately. But it's like I'm realizing more and more like again, all that is great. And I'm helping people, but the best way you can help others mm -hmm. is to first help and change yourself. If you are free internally, you become a beacon for other people and you hold space for others to do the same. Yeah. If you can feel fundamentally free and still and peaceful, regardless of the circumstances of the world, that is how we change the world. Because mm -hmm. if everyone did the same thing and began to feel that sense of peace and stillness and held space for each other to do the same, the world would change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how would that look different for you personally? Slow down more. Stop saying yes to so many things. I say, <laughs> I say, and this isn't an example. I'm good. I'm good right now coming on your podcast. It's uh, it's like, there's, it's more so the projects. There's too many, um, projects that I've jumped on, uh, cause I'm passionate about them and I want to help people, but I've spread myself so thin doing that. I've said yes to too many things and it's, it's needing to understand that like, first off, it's not my job to save other people as yeah. much as I like one, like, like to think that that's what I'm doing. Um, my job is to cultivate spaces and, and hold space for mm -hmm. others to save themselves and give them mm -hmm. resources to save themselves. And when I step back into that understanding and I need to learn to um, stay there, then I don't feel as rushed to, to create things and, and do things mm. and align on projects to, to try to help people because it's also stepping into understanding that like there, 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 there's, this, there's this one meme that I saw and it's like a metronome and on one side it's like, oh my God, the new earth is here. We're all yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. Love and then the other side, it's like, oh, we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. And it's like, I know. Stepping, stepping into the understanding that like, 
there is no rush and and you know there's some crazy ass shit happening in the world forgive my language there is there's absolutely some crazy things going on in the world but ultimately at the highest level everything is as it should be and we are all completely okay and we don't need to rush anything like we're fine where we are yeah that's so true but also what you're saying i feel like a lot of people a lot of people who have come forward you know to step into this role probably going through similar things because it's co- this constant reminder like what hang on what is it exactly that I'm here to do you know just remember reminding yourself so that you can you know serve as best you know I guess yeah and ultimately at the highest level like what I think at least is that we are here to experience and we are here um this is this is a line from this book that was transformational for me called the law of one and we are here to find love in each moment and that is that is hard to do given some of the moments that many of us are experiencing um but if we can learn to find the love contained within each moment then i think we're doing our job correctly yeah i love that especially yeah now it feels like everything's just tightening and tightening yeah (laughs) and it happens as well in relationships you know because i feel like in birth second it happens in birth like what yeah. like right before the baby is delivered True, the, yeah. you, the baby is squeezed like crazy and like you could imagine what it feels to be yeah. that baby in that experience where you're being squeezed and it's so tight and you feel like your head's probably going to explode but on the back end of that is life is beauty is witnessing for the first time and i feel like for many of us especially 2022 i know for me we're in that that birth canal moment we're in that moment where we're being squeezed so tightly yes to where many of us feel like we can't take it anymore like i just can't fucking do this anymore mm. and i think if we just continue to look for love in each moment mm. on the back end of that we will find that joy that bliss and we will understand that all is well yeah and i like also what you said don't rush <laughs> Um, I actually spoke to Nicole um, Colwell recently. Oh, well. awesome. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And she told me that uh, there was one point where she was having conversations with you. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's so amazing. I love that you just took the time to, you know, open that dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, I could sit here and say it was like all me, like, oh, I was open and like there's this person. I, but it was reciprocated. It was that mm-hmm. I was bringing my energy in of openness, of curiosity, of holding space for people with opposing views. And yeah. she matched that energy. Yeah. And she was one of the first doctors that I come across that have matched that energy so well. And she was open. She was curious. She thought I was batshit crazy, but, oh. but, but she was still willing to hear what I had to say. And so we, we established uh, a rapport amongst each other and, and had a dialogue, started a dialogue and started talking about some of the things going on. And I shared my authentic perspective and she listened and it's cool because um, she, she said that that experience helped lead her to her current understanding of, of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. 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 Cause she went, or oh, has been going through a big shift. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I make a, another point real quick too? Because yeah. I, I had this experience yesterday. There's this friend of mine who um, 
uses his time on his social media account and and elsewhere to to shame and mock and um, call anyone who doesn't think the way that he does a clown and a shill. And it was interesting because that example with Nicole and then another example that I had with another doctor um, are the two examples that I bring up that if we're shame, if, if we are adopting the same tactics as I hate using the term sides, but as the other side, if we are shaming, mocking, cutting off speech, if we're calling anyone who disagrees with us or it doesn't see the same as us, a clown or a shill or say that they're, you know, controlled opposition while acknowledging there's real elements of controlled opposition, but yeah, yeah. yeah. There, yeah, obviously there's real elements of controlled opposition, but but the point is if like anyone who disagrees with you or thinks differently than you, you're shaming them, you're calling a clown, you're trying to tear them down, what are you doing? Who are you reaching? Whose lives are you helping? Are you validating the other people who are just as angry as you and making them more perpetually angry and making them more and more doubled down on their position and closed off to conversation? Yeah, is that helpful to the world? No. And then further, when it comes to people who may be on the fence and are starting to question or people who are on the far end of the spectrum, when they see you behaving that way, they're going to hop back off of that fence and go the other way, or they're going to double down on their position. It helps no one to do that. Yes. If we're shaming anyone or mocking anyone for their, their authentic perspective, even if they're shaming us, who gives a shit? If you know, if you're, if you're solid in your perspective and you're sure that your way works for you, it doesn't matter what people say about your perspective. It, doesn't, it shouldn't matter. So it, it's, it's really disheartening to see people in this movement, whatever this movement is, whatever it's called, uh, sovereignty, health, freedom, I don't know. But, we, but this movement, this space that we're all in, shaming and mocking other people. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's like the same uh, template of do you know what I mean? It's just yes. repurposing it in a different yeah. space. It's like, hang on, I don't think that's the point. No. But how do you? Because I feel like this whole dynamic between people in the relationships has really brought about loads of different um, things have been rising to the surface to be seen. Yeah. And yeah, how do you think? is the way that I guess it's like we should be having these conversations, you know, and I don't like that word should either because everything is as it is. And, you know, yeah. Um, so, so your question is like, how should we be communicating with others? Yeah. From all these different perspectives and no matter where you stand. Openly like curiosity. Like I even see people in this space, um, who call themselves so-called free thinkers and, you know, like to think of themselves as open. Okay. Let's have a conversation about the shape of the earth. Oh no. Are you serious? You fell for that. You fell for that conspiracy theory. You really think the earth is flat. And it's like, dude, I just have questions. Like my observations and experiences tell me like if I were to be plopped on this earth right now without any preconceived notions or ideas, I would probably think it's flat. And that's that's just a, an, an example. Like I, I personally, Alex, Zek, this, is, this is me speaking now, not in a hypothetical or theoretical situation. I, I don't know what the shape of the earth is. And I like to be openly curious about and, and, and open about I don't know. 
And sitting in the I don't know is a good position to be in because it allows you to continue to be open and want to learn and hear perspectives on all sides of the spectrum, right? Yeah. It's it's when you become so dogmatic and entrenched in one position and you start self-identifying with it that you become defensive of anything that comes against that position. Those aren't the people that I like to associate with. I like to associate people who are open and like... I'm talking are able to to sit and listen and have in-depth conversations about a number of things that most of society would never venture to question. Yeah. The more we can be open and curious and not self-identify and just 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 you know, I guess if anything identify with continual experiencing, observation and perceiving. Yeah. That's that's a good position to be in. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I I feel that deeply just because I feel like so much of what we know this world and this reality to be is completely upside down and a lie and backwards. So how can we know, you know, all of a sudden be so certain? It's like everything yeah. is up for questioning right now. Like, yes. <laughs> and that's okay. We should yeah. be like, we absolutely yeah. should be questioning everything. And yeah. it's on the flip side of that. It's not that like, like people will, will take that and say, Oh, everything that they've taught us is a lie. It's like, no, that's absolute thinking. And that's not what I mean by questioning. It's that, yeah. is it a lie? Is is this individual thing a lie? Or yeah. is it the truth? Are you like, yeah. well, let's explore it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's being open. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like it's really asking us to heighten our discernment. That's what's, you know. <laughs> individual discernment, not yeah. impressed upon by other people. Yeah. Yeah, and then that also opens us... Um, censorship door because I just feel like I was thinking about this the other day and I feel like the whole censorship idea is that like we I have to control someone else's uh, perception but actually why can't I control my own perception give me all the information and I can decide you know (laughs) exactly exactly and it yeah that I mean it's happened to censorship I I laugh at now because it's it's so obvious especially as someone who's been censored so many times on so many platforms it's so obvious um that they're not censoring information in our best interests whatsoever they're doing it under the guise of oh we're protecting you from harmful information that could harm your health it's that they're censoring one side because if people did have the full spectrum of available information they would easily be able to say that ah i see why this side is cut off. I see why, because this side actually offers a viable solution and shows so many inconsistencies with the other side's perspective. That's why censorship happens. And another point on censorship, and I said this last night to one of my friends, is it's pretty interesting how amongst the uh, the health freedom space, and maybe this is venturing into a conversation about controlled op that I don't necessarily wanna open that door, but this let's just post some thoughts here the accounts that are very large that they allow to stay up for the most part are ones that are belligerent, hostile, attacking, Mm -hmm. calling out the other side, even calling Mm -hmm. for death of the other Mm -hmm. side in many situations and are fully entrenched in one side of the political spectrum or one ideology. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting how those are the accounts that are allowed to stay up, but the accounts that are open and questioning coming from position of love and compassion are simply just asking questions from mm-hmm. a perspective that is non-political, non-religious, just open curiosity. Those are the accounts that are deleted. Yeah. 
And it's fully to reinforce the narrative that anyone who questions what's going on is a super far right leaning QAnon Trump supporting conspiracy theorist. Those are the accounts they allowed to stay up and it's on wow. purpose. Yeah. Yeah, man, this, the, this complete like uh, black and white thinking, I feel like this is just time to whoop <laughs> with that one. But there's so much going on. Like you said, the accounts that are, have got loads of following. It's just this cycle that just keeps repeating over and over and over. Is there anything you would like to say to anyone who you feel like is repeating the cycle? <laughs> of the censorship thing? Yeah, well, people who are shaming other people. Oh. I think the best thing to say is that maybe you need to step back and reflect on what is your intention by approaching the world this way? What do you hope to gain by doing this? What do you hope to see changed by doing this? Are your actions meeting that end goal or is your behavior reflective of what you actually want to see because i would argue that most of us pretty much all of us whether we know it or not even you know people who are fully accepting of everything going on if you get down to it they want to see a more loving world a more connected world a healthier world yeah, and true. are your actions leading to those things mm -hmm. if not then maybe it's time to reassess the way you're approaching the world and maybe find something within you that needs to be healed which is causing you to act that way which is okay but when you're projecting it onto others that's when it's not okay and it's maybe time to reassess your approach to the world mm. love that thanks i feel like that also comes back to what you said about how to find the freedom within yourself that's the best thing that you can do you know yeah yeah so uh, do you want to talk about some of the things that you're doing health freedom for humanity yeah we can briefly um yeah so our organization's mission statement is to educate empower and unite people from all walks of life under one common purpose and that is the reclamation and defense of health freedom and health freedom we define in two ways actually one is the right to uh, choose what is best for your own health without coercion or force which is the obvious one yeah. but then second it's the right to know and access what produces and maintains mind body spirit wellness so that second definition of what health freedom is and we're educating empowering and uniting people for that is based on our orientation towards solutions so we're wanting to educate and empower people with solutions on how to be well in mind body and in spirit mm -hmm. and so we have chapters in 22 states and in three countries and we're growing as fast as we can we're we're really run by three people behind the scenes so a wow. multinational organization that that really is only run by three people um obviously we're we're doing the best that we can but um yeah we're, we're our chapters are are focused on doing exactly what our mission statement is and it's it's really focusing on uniting people so creating community locally of people who uh exist outside of any divisions politically racially um you know religiously it's it's just uniting people who are united in that one common shared purpose mm -hmm. and um we're working on something right now that i can't share yet but it's uh uh what it our, our membership portal essentially and what it means to be a member of health freedom for humanity and it, it will be on a donation basis so if you're 
you feel like we're worth $1 a month and you want to be a member, then you donate $1 a month. If you feel like we're worth $100 a month and you want to donate $100 a month, then you donate $100 a month. Whatever you feel like we're worth to you to be a part of this community and to receive what we have to offer, that's how our uh, membership portal will be set up. But we have a lot of things we're working on behind the scenes for for the membership that are focused on solutions um, for people. So stay tuned because there, there's more coming for that. Awesome. And you have a podcast as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And our podcast just uh, features conversations. Um, I'd like to say, you know, it's with anyone, but it's, that's not the case. If, if you're like pro, like very pro V and you're pro censorship and all those, we're probably not going to host you on our podcast. Maybe we should though, to be like, why do you think that way? Like, um, mm. but, but our, our conversations, exist across the spectrum of, of health freedom. And at the yeah. least, if you think everyone has the right to choose what's best for their own health without coercion or force, then we'll feature you on our podcast and have, have a conversation with you. But yeah, it's just, we, we have people kind of submit to us like, Hey, I would be really cool to see you interview this person. And then we're like, okay, let's contact them. And then we try to interview them. And then we also have our other series that is voices of the victims where we interview mm. people who have been um, harmed as a, results of lack of informed consent or mandated medical procedures. And uh, that one has been, th that series has been really uh, eye-opening for some people. For me, it's been very depressing to, to conduct wow. those interviews because it's, it's people who've been harmed predominantly lately by the, the COVID shot or know someone who was killed by it. And it's the, the, the saddest thing, and this goes back to censorship and cutting off conversation is that, you ask these people, were you aware of Pfizer's criminal history? Were you aware of the difference between absolute risk reduction and relative risk reduction? Were you aware of, um, you know, the data surrounding uh, COVID and the mortality rates for COVID? Were you aware of these peer-reviewed studies? Were you aware that Pfizer is not held liable for injury or death? And pretty much the answer to all of those questions for these people was no, they weren't aware of it. And they thought of us as conspiracy theorists and now <sighs> their eyes have been opened and it's, it's really, really sad. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this is just what's happening right now. I, it is really sad. And I feel like, I feel like this is the unraveling. What is your understanding of this process that is taking place right now? Because I feel like, like I said earlier, from what you've been through and also from what I've been through, there's like, you can see things differently, but obviously not everybody has had that personal experience. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I think at this point, um, the people who, the, the people who are going to wake up, so to speak, have already woken up. And aside from this, I think the people that will be waking up will require an experience and it may be a very harmful experience to them in order to see what is going on. And it's also having the compassion, again, to understand that, like for me, had I not had the experience I had with regards to health, maybe for you, had you not had the experience you had with regards to health, I don't know that I'd be able to see what's going on right now. I don't know that I wouldn't be completely blindly obedient and compliant to what's going on. I have no idea. And that's why I have to have compassion for people who can't see because they've been, they've been indoctrinated and propagandized with military grade propaganda for the past two plus years. 
Yeah, and we have to recognize that and we have the you know ability to see through that and thank god that we do because we can help lead other people to turning mm-hmm. back to themselves and their own discernment and intuition mm. so true it's been so intense these past two years yeah yeah and then overall you know i you mentioned about that book you're reading about the one the law of one was it yeah, the love one. I've read it now three times. Here's wow. Yeah, there's all of them. Who is it by? <laughs> That's a good question. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know you'll understand why I laughed a little bit. Um, it's channels. Yes, it's a channeled material. Yeah, okay. it's a channeled material. So, um, and it's funny because I am I am very much the type of person. Um, that is typically turned off by something like that. Even, even as like spiritually grounded as I am now, I'm more of a person that is like spiritually grounded in the sense of like, I'm here on the earth in this flesh and I am in this limited capacity or seemingly limited capacity for a reason to experience what it's like to be limited and finite, right? Mm -hmm. To experience that. Um, While also recognizing that there are people who are, you know, for lack of a better term, wanting to escape this reality and like yeah. all they care about is like, oh, I just need to astral project. I need to um, a remote view. I need to, uh, you know, levitate. Like, like, like they want to be more than what they are. And that's okay. That's, that's the path for some people. Um, but for me, it's very much like grounded in the earth. But, but with that, this is a channeled material. So that's the exact opposite of what I just said about what, what typically uh, it, it, I've, it, I'm accustomed to, you know, or I, I'm interested in when it comes to spirituality. But this material I began reading during the middle of my childhood trauma healing, and it was transformational for me. And, and what it poses is very simple. It's that um, everything in existence is a unique manifestation of the one creator. And that the purpose of this experience at the highest level is to grow the uh the consciousness of or the um grow the broaden the uh experience of the the one infinite creator and this book more than ever explained evil and how evil works in 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 a way that fits in with an all-loving creator right Mm -hmm. because when i was a christian and then when i stepped away from christianity i like in both capacities i could never wrap my head around how deep dark evil could possibly exist with an all loving creator that has created all things. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Even, you know, bring into account free will. Like I'm like, it just doesn't make sense, but how it works according to the law of one is that there is a spectrum of, of consciousness and a spectrum of, of paths on this life on one end is service to other. Yeah. On the other end is service to self. And then again, it's a, across a spectrum. What a service to other oriented person is doing is just that they are serving other and they are doing so recognizing either consciously or subconsciously that there is actually no other. So when you are serving other people, you are fundamentally serving an aspect of yourself 
So you would never want to infringe upon or impose upon or commit harm to other people because you recognize that you are ultimately doing that to yourself at the highest level. Mm -hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, the service to self path is that, okay, I am an aspect of God. And because I'm an aspect of God, I can do whatever I want to anyone else at the expense of them to serve me. Now, that is obviously very selfish, and that's how evil acts occur and how people like Hitler existed and people like um, some of the people we've had in our government in the United States have existed. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> and um, But ultimately, because we are all individuated aspects of the creator, they are still serving the creator in that capacity, albeit in a very limited capacity and at the expense of others. However, if we are all fundamentally aspects of the creator on that service to self path, you are still serving the creator by only serving yourself. Now that path is a very dark path that accumulates lots of karmic debt because you're harming and manipulating and gaslighting people and tricking them into doing something that may look like it's for their good, but when in reality, it's really harming them kind of like what's happening the last two years. And it's, uh, but it's ultimately at the highest level, you're still serving the creator because you're an aspect of the creator. And if you're only exclusively serving, serving yourself, Yes, it's harming other people, but you're serving the creator in that process, which is uh, made sense of how evil exists in, mm. in my mind. But one thing that the law of one poses is that people can advance spiritually through lifetimes on that dark path while also accumulating lots of karmic debt in the process. They can, yeah. But uh -huh. you have to be like, they actually pose figures like numbers on how, how much oriented towards service to self you have to be you have to be 95 percent service to self meaning that you are freaking manipulating half the world into receiving an experimental injection against their like when they usually wouldn't want to or you're raping pillaging you're burning down you're using everyone to your advantage for your own selfish gain and it does accumulate lots of karmic debt um, but that's how you advance on that path interesting though and, and there's more, by the way, there's more to that. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm leaving out a lot of context because, I mean, you saw this as five <laughs> books. So um, it's yeah. a lot. So, and, and on the opposite end of that though, and this, this is really striking to me and it made a lot of sense to advance on the service to other or the positive path, you don't need 95% service to other. You need a minimum of 51% service to other, 49% service to self which is balance. Wow. You're striking a balance between serving yourself and serving others. So you're not making yourself a martyr. You're not allowing yes. people to walk all over you. You can yeah. do that and advance on that path, but you don't need to. The best way uh, is, is to be in balance in that I am loving, I'm compassionate, I serve other people. But if you try to infringe or impose upon me, I'm not going to allow that. I'm going yeah. to stand and I'm going to serve myself in that instance while also recognizing in serving myself as someone who is in service to other people yes. by cutting you off from that ability and maybe even inflicting harm upon you by when you're trying to harm me, I am ultimately serving the greater good at that level because I am maintaining the integrity of and, and, and the life of someone who is in service at the expense of someone who is trying to harm that person.
Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I have heard those phrases used before. Anyway, thanks for bringing this up because I feel like this is what's happening. I feel like what's happening in the world is like the great battle between the evil versus the light, you know? (laughs) This is it. And it's true. It can be very difficult to understand. Like, even as you're explaining to me, I'm thinking, yeah, but the service to itself just doesn't make sense to me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Well, think of it like this too, right? And and this is this is also something that the book poses, is that the traumas and harms and chaos and discontent and disease and all the bad things that are occurring in this life, ultimately resultant uh, or re- resulting from the many of the actions committed by those that are service to self or those who are also service to other that are operate. Cause like, it's not that like every action anyone does is fully on the spectrum of service to other. Like yeah, yeah. I've done harmful things in my life. You've done yes. harmful things in your life. But yeah, yeah. the point is those things happen because they're ultimately a catalyst and they're a catalyst for change. They're a catalyst for you to yeah, yeah, existing yeah. on this spectrum, choose this way or choose this way in each of your actions. And if we can reframe how we look at people like Bill Gates, people like Anthony Fauci, people, um, you know, that are, that are like Klaus Schwab from the world economic forum. If we can look at them as, wow. Yeah. Like they're, if I had to guess, they'd probably be service to self oriented people. Yeah. They ultimately serve our highest good because if it weren't for them, I would probably still be working a nine to five job. I wouldn't have had that experience where I'm pushed over the edge. Like I said earlier, like I was in my authentic expression, but I was still like, uh, you know, I'm still in the army at this point and I don't know what I want to do. If it weren't for this experience with COVID, this very deep, dark, traumatic experience that many of us are experiencing, then I wouldn't have stepped into my full authentic expression. I wouldn't have created an organization that is trying to do good in the world. You, I don't know how long you've been doing this podcast. Um, how long have you been doing this podcast? Since 2018, I think. Okay, so you've been doing it since before COVID. Okay, so that's a horrible example. But I wouldn't have started my podcast yeah. and a lot of people wouldn't have started theirs. I wouldn't have connected with all of these people authentically. I probably wouldn't be, you would have never heard of me. You wouldn't be interviewing yeah. me right now yeah, yeah. if it weren't for this very traumatic situation. So if we can look at it like, yeah. while acknowledging the harm, in exposing the harm and talking about and naming the harm and creating systems to counteract the harm. If we can look at it though, as the harm is ultimately for our highest Mm -hmm. good on a soul level, that is beautiful. And it really is. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely for our highest good. These people who are committing massive atrocities and crimes against humanity are ultimately operating for our highest good. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's a really cool way to understand everything. And it's so multifaceted, like you say, while calling it out, while feeling it, while experiencing it, all of it. It's like, it's like how can you encompass the whole spectrum? And uh, it's mad. But yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely, it's very interesting. But I've also heard that, um, perhaps the service to self aren't necessarily also working within the law of one. So (laughs) ultimately like nothing exists outside of the law of one. And what I mean by that is that you can't possibly, because the law of one is fundamentally that all things are manifestations of the one creator and you can't exist outside of the one creator's creation because it is all things. 
So they can um, individually perceive that they are separate. And that's all that's, that's true. So like that aspect is true because yes, we are, we live in a, a reality of perceived separation. Like yes, you and I definitely. perceive each other as separate, yeah. but it's an illusion. So they have fallen in many ways for that illusory trap of, Oh, I am a separate entity of you. And they've doubled down in that, in that, I can do whatever the hell I want to you because you are separate of me and I can use you, manipulate you for my own selfish gain. I can kill all these people for my own selfish gain. It's an illusion though, because they can't exist outside of the totality of creation that is all fundamentally the same thing. Mm -hmm. They just perceive themselves as separate, which leads them to do that. Whereas we, for the most part, perceive that, okay, I recognize this is an illusion of separation between you and I, but we are fundamentally one thing. Mm. And so I would never want to infringe or impose upon you because I recognize that fundamentally we are one. So what do you think? I mean, I love, I just love the philosophy that comes out of it, you know, (laughs) to really understanding our world and who we are within it. But do you think at one point it gets to the, everyone is on a, service to others path or yes yeah love one actually says that too oh. and and it makes sense like through incarnations right. and through lifetimes and and this is another concept that i haven't touched on but um there's densities of consciousness right yeah and it's, it exists on a uh spectrum similar to the chakra system like the yeah, seven yeah, yeah. primary energy centers so in this life we are in what's called third density consciousness right yeah. And this is the first density of consciousness where we are fully self-aware and that we undergo a forgetting process of who and what we are and the forgetting. Yeah. The forgetting process. (laughs) That makes sense, right? (laughs) Yeah. And the purpose of that forgetting process is just what I said at the beginning. It's that in order for source, God, creator consciousness to fully experience itself authentically it needs to go underneath a veil and have have this illusion of separation so that it can more authentically make choices. Because if we were to be born into this life, fully remembering that we are all one and that this is entirely an illusion, no one would ever commit an act that goes against that or even have a thought that would go against the notion that we are all one. Yeah. But when we forget, when we forget and we can make authentic choices, yeah. then we may make choices that are harmful. But ultimately, yeah. again, that plays into our highest good because the more it's doubled down through lifetimes and through years on harm, we're now having have a situation like COVID that arises. And ultimately, like I said, it produces catalysts. And those mm-hmm. catalysts produces produce change. And that change produces on both sides, lots of more, lots more positivity, love and compassion at a faster rate across on on this side of the spectrum. But at the same time, more darkness, more this, more that, but it's ultimately broadening the expansion of consciousness at the highest level. So that's why we undergo that forgetting process. But to, to answer your question on, does everyone come back to service to other? Yes, because 
as you evolve through light lifetime. So in this one, we're learning the, the, the lesson to be learned here ultimately is a lesson of unconditional love on the, on the positive path. That is a lesson to be learned in order to advance to what's called fourth density consciousness. And I don't remember specifically the lessons to be learned there, but at some point it's the balancing of love and wisdom. And you come to an understanding, even if you are on the negative path. And, and this is an interesting point too. The more you're polarized one direction or the other, the easier it is, the, the more capacity you have to make an instantaneous switch to the other side. So even if you're a very, very loving person, that means you've probably understood the depths of the darker aspects as well, because you're, you're pushing against that, right? Yeah. Then you could, if you wanted to, by your own choices, or maybe something happens to you, flip into a very, very, very dark individual. And on the flip side, the other way is the same. If you're a very, 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 very dark individual, you have the capacity to understand because you're having to manipulate and gaslight and control the people who are very loving and you have to understand their inner faculties very well. You could also make the switch instantaneously to be on the positive. But so the point is, as we evolve through lifetimes, we uh, uh, people who are on that dark path, and this is over the course of millions and millions and millions and millions of years, um, people who are on that dark path uh, eventually come to the realization that like the 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 easiest way to uh, balance love and they're, they're operating from position of love for their own self at the expense of others. Yeah, balance yeah. love and wisdom is okay. I'm accumulating massive amounts of karmic debt every time I incarnate in lifetimes. Cause now they're past the veil of forgetting. They remember who and what they are, but they're on that negative path. And as they continue to balance love and wisdom, they're like, I can't keep doing this fucking karmic debt thing. Like every time I'm like serving myself at the expense of others, I'm uh, accumulating karmic debt and I have to go through healing processes that are really hard on my body energetically. Mm. It makes it easier for me to just be in line with love and compassion. So then they eventually come over to the path. Of mm. other. So interesting. I feel like it, um, it also supports the idea of, you know, we need experiences we need that experience to be able to grow and to learn and evolve. Otherwise, yep. that's how it happens. That's how it happens, you know. Yeah. But the other thing I find interesting as well is that sometimes the darkness and the service to self, we can fall into the fear of being afraid of them. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's definitely a huge thing that's been taking place right now. So, it is, but it's it, but yeah. this this is another piece of it too, and this. <laughs> so so in order like in like i said the people who are on the far end of the spectrum and are like fully serviced to self right they are acutely aware of how we operate and they are acutely aware of how to manipulate people and they are acutely aware that if they are imposing upon directly enforcing anything upon anyone that they are accumulating a massive amounts of karmic debt, which they want to avoid because that um, lengthens their time in between lifetimes that they require healing. Mm -hmm. You could say in many ways, it's probably what the, what, what religious texts describe as hell or purgatory that mm -hmm. they don't go there forever. It's not like an eternal thing, but it's like they require healing and for anyone who's done trauma healing, like, damn, that is some dark ass shit. Like when I was doing my childhood trauma healing, that was some, some of the darker times in my life. So it's, it's the same for them. They have to wrestle with and deal with and heal 
the millions of people that they just killed in that lifetime or whatever else, right? And when they're forcing it upon people, when they're forcing people against their will to do those things, they accumulate more karmic debt. So with that, they manipulate people, they gaslight people, they trick people into accepting something that is extremely harmful by their own free will. Yes. That's how they alleviate karmic debt on their side while also harming millions of people in the process for their own selfish gain, polarizing Mm -hmm. them further on the dark path. Mm -hmm. So with that, though, that plays into our advantage, because if we are aware of that, we understand that they require our consent. They require us to say yes or to not outwardly express no No. in order for them to do what they do to us. So Mm -hmm. if we're aware that they operate that way and we set firm boundaries of like, nope, I'm not playing your fucking game, then Mm -hmm. there's not much that they can do to us. Now, will they sometimes force? Yes, but they want to avoid forcing because again, it accumulates massive amounts of karmic debt and an easier way for them to continue to polarize on a negative path is that they're manipulating us, they're gaslighting us, they're tricking us into being afraid. The other thing though too, is that they play off of our energetic fear and our energetic yes. And what I mean by that is they have so many of us so focused on them because they continue to double down on ridiculous shit over and over again to where people like us are like, how the fuck can people not see it by now? Like, this is so crazy. Like they're doing this now. Like, this is what we're doing? Are you serious? This makes no sense. That plays into their advantage too because ultimately we're focusing more attention on that which perpetuates it and creates it. The energetic. Yes. Yes. But but here's the thing. The flip side of that is Mm -hmm. to ignore everything they're doing and pretend that the darkness doesn't exist. That's not helpful either because that allows Mm -hmm. darkness to creep in and fester. It's the balance of, okay, I acknowledge that y'all are doing some crazy ass shit. I want no part in it. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy. I'm going to go over here and build and create and express love Mm -hmm. to counteract what you're doing and make what you're doing obsolete eventually. Mm -hmm. It's acknowledgement. So you're not pretending it doesn't exist, but it's also not the acknowledgement with, oh my God, it's I'm hyper-focused. This is the only thing that I can talk about and think about, which means that you're manifesting and creating it. It's that Mm -hmm. balanced perspective Mm -hmm in between that helps it dissolve wow i love this explanation it's so great framework to see everything and how why and how it's playing out and that's what you said the free will right that is the free will everything is on consent but sometimes you might not realize it so it's coming into this recognition hang on a minute this is my life you know yeah (laughs) And will they make it challenging to to uh, assert your free will choice for yes. these things? Absolutely, but ultimately you still have it. Yes. Again, because they are acutely aware that they cannot uh, infringe upon your free will without accumulating massive amounts of karmic debt in doing so. Yeah. So if you recognize that, you have full choice over your own life. And yeah. perfect example of that is when it comes to any of the COVID measures that are going on, right? We we had our event in Kansas City, our inaugural uh, Health Freedom for Humanity Symposium last year in October, and it was in the middle of a mask mandate in Kansas City, right? 
and day one go throughout the whole day no one inside is wearing masks we did but again we're not infringing upon free will we wouldn't do that we're not telling people they can't wear masks right people are all allowed to if they want to so there's a few attendees that were wearing masks but the point is there's a mask mandate in place and we decided that we are not going to oh like enforce it right mm-hmm. day two comes and uh, long story short they kick us out of the convention center and we could have you know fallen over and said oh my god they're imposing their will upon us they're forcing us but we recognize and we're understanding of the law as well that ultimately they are in the wrong and we're going to hold them accountable so fast forward we we do day two outside and it ends up going incredibly it ended up being better outside actually Um, but fast forward a few weeks later we decided to hold uh, the city accountable because we know that lawfully that all of these things that are going on again require our consent and of course yeah. in that moment we could have like tried to figure it out there but we had a whole 650 person event so we were just like fuck it we'll figure it out later let's just move outside mm-hmm. and we need to set up out here so fast forward we decided to send the city of kansas city a notice saying hey you will pay x amount in damages for unlawfully kicking us out on a spiritual level going against our free will choice to not wear a mask or uh we will sue you and they paid us x amount of dollars showing that we are in the right and that's the whole point when it comes to these covid measures is they are tricking you into thinking you have to do them you must do them no you don't yeah they're mandates they're not laws and there's a difference between the two and any law that exists Mm -hmm. that is not based in uh based in you infringing upon or imposing upon someone or harming someone else or stealing from someone else yeah. is an illegitimate law yeah any law that is based in exactly there needs to be a victim in order for it to yeah. actually be a law any other law is completely illegitimate and what you'll find more often than not when you challenge those laws not in all situations but because again the aspect of they still will infringe upon your free will too accumulating karmic debt on their side but when you understand that in most cases you can get out of situations very easily if there's no victim involved and uh that that's that's the case with with this covid thing like the one exception to that and and this is an important point is when it comes to airlines the reason you have to wear a mask on an airline and people a lot of people don't realize this is because when you purchase a flight you check a box saying that you consent you agree that you will follow all orders given by the airlines you sign that box yeah there's so many of those boxes (laughs) Yeah, you check that box and you say, I will wear a mask. That is you consenting, saying that you are giving away your free will choice, that you will do it. That is why on airlines, you have to do it and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. So that's how it plays into what's going on with COVID and like how it plays into the broader aspect spiritually. Yes, I love it. Yeah, this is a similar understanding that I've come to now as well. This, And it's the whole path of, you know, sovereignty, right? And it's, that's it. It's just like the catalyst. I love that word you use. This is the catalyst for us to really just, you know, step out of these like broken systems, you know, and into this unconditional love as well. But like so much of what you said is, you know, what are we portraying out? What message are we sending when we're shaming people? Da, 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 da. Are we even embodying that ourselves? If that's yeah. where we want to go, how do we get, you know? <laughs> yeah and this it's it's crazy but it's the psychological war you know i feel like this Mm. is 
so how do you come to see these things that are taking place and you know because even from the service to self beings it's very easy to fall into despair and just oh and just get you know yeah and like to say that i never get scared is ridiculous absolutely there's sometimes i'm like holy shit like like especially now with uh the the food shortages that are supposedly Mm. coming like that's going to be a very real thing which is again you have a free will choice to grow your own food which is like people ask me what what i would do in order to fully disconnect from the system and i don't have all the answers and i won't pretend to but i know one thing that if you're growing your own food you will be self-sufficient and there's nothing that they can throw at you that will that will Mm. actually be harmful in the real real sense so um and, and again that's your free will choice to either grow or not grow food uh, so I highly recommend people start doing that. Um, even if you live in a, in, you know, in an apartment and you only have a balcony or you have a small room, you can get grow lights. There's so many solutions you can do. And I actually recommend listening to our recent health freedom for humanity podcast episode with Brian Meisenbacher. He's a like soil ecologist and he helps people grow food no matter their living situation. So that's, that's a pretty powerful episode, but, um, yeah. So when it, when it comes to like my, mental uh faculties and in handling what's going on in the world right now yeah i fall into fear quite a bit just as any other human being does and it's important to experience and and feel those authentic feelings of fears and the what-ifs but you always have to fall back to that everything is as it should be and you are okay right now here in the present moment and life is a string of present moments And if we can conquer, I don't even like using conquer. If we can be in each present moment and fully be in that moment and live moment by moment, everything is well. Because like ultimately, that's the other piece too. Like I said, they understand that we manifest our own reality, which is why they continually do the most outlandish shit and have us focusing on it because we perpetuate it. So if we, like I said, can acknowledge those fears associated with the possible scenarios that exist in the future, but then align our thoughts, feelings, and mm. act and take deliberate action towards something we want to create. Yes. That's how we counteract it. And ultimately the individual power to manifest our own reality is so much greater than we've been conditioned to believe mm-hmm. that even if the world goes to shit, we can create a scenario where we are so focused on solutions and so focused on love mm-hmm. and so in the present moment where if the world is fucking burning, we can create a utopia where we are in our in our individual situations with ourselves and our family and our loved ones. And it's even more powerful when we can do that collectively in localized communities, which is why I like I'm so focused on our health freedom for humanity chapters, because when we can do that collectively, that's even more powerful. And if maybe the state over or the country over goes to shit, our little area can be self-sufficient and completely sovereign and thriving. Mm, I love it. <laughs> yeah, totally. What? Yeah. Is there anything you would like to share about anyone who might be going through this unraveling process or something to help people to see the depths of these intricacies and cycles and games that are being played? <laughs> um. Honestly. No, I think, I think, I think I've said like so much like during this, I think it just refer back to that. And ultimately, I guess the last thing that I will say is, um, 
a lot of people use this in a cliche sense and in this is really the truth um all the answers really do lie within yourself mm-hmm. and it's not that they're like yes there is like the akashic records that you can tap into if you like get really good at meditating all those things like of course that's 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 there what i mean by that though is a lot of people miss miss the boat on what that actually means they think that like they should cut off the world and stop listening to what anyone else says and they only need to just go within themselves that's not what we're saying here yeah we're saying that when you are acutely in tune with your observations experiences your perceptions your senses you're taking on information from both sides when you reconnect with yourself and you're taking all of that in and you come across a problem you will know the correct path to take Mm. that is what we mean by the answers lie within you Mm. it's not cutting off anything like in the exterior it's taking in all of the things and being acutely aware that you have the individual ability to discern what is best for your own self and if you follow your intuition in that process after reconnecting with it it will never lead you astray that is what we mean by the answers lie within yeah I love that. That's, I think that's so important because I feel like we're getting to that stage now of being able to really utilize our discernment. And so it's very easy to just say, just cut everything off. No, I'm not going to outsource, go listen to anyone else. But is that really <laughs> the point? No. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, so then I think I'll just end in this question that I'd like to ask everyone, what does freedom mean to you? It's a good question. Um, (laughs) I mean, I really want to feel into this one and not just like say what, freedom is what I talked about earlier. Ultimately it's the ability to find the love contained within each moment and how that ultimately is freedom is that if you are to the point where the external experiences of what's going on in the world, your external environment, your circumstances, uh, the chaos, the trauma, the manipulation, the constant fear porn being thrown at us from all angles. If you're to the point where you can, allow that into your field, feel the feelings associated with it, but ultimately find how it is ultimately for your highest good and ultimately making you more entrenched in the position of love and compassion and Mm -hmm. authentically experience that through every moment, regardless of what's going on, then you are free Mm -hmm. because nothing can knock you off from that. Nothing can knock you out of love at that moment. And that is when you're free. Mm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. I've heard, have you heard of the term the zero point field? No. Sounds a bit like that. You know, this point of neutrality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. I I can't believe I've never heard of that. I need to look that up after this. Yes. So good. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like you shared so much here and I really love the the wider perspective because I think sometimes we forget 
to look at the broader picture. I love that you brought me there. You brought that out of me because I usually like, and it's good. The last, <laughs> the last like 16 podcasts I've been on, maybe more have been someone interviewing me about virus isolation stuff. And it's yes. like, that's important. Um, yeah. but yeah. this is so much more important. So thank you for, oh. for drawing that out of me. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I, I do think it's really important to, to remind ourselves so that, you know, we know how to navigate this because it's chaotic, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's cool yeah. because like what you just did there is you brought out me reminding myself of like the overall importance of these things. Like yeah. this was a very refreshing conversation. It was awesome. Oh, bless. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing and for opening up. And it's so amazing to hear about your journey as well, because I've just seen you online and then to really get behind. <laughs> yeah. Bless. Thank you. Thank you and, so much for having me. Yeah. And keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I will. I, I've, like I said, I've tried to stop and I can't. So here I am. Amazing. Thank you so much. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode and to this podcast. We hope that you can gain many insights through the art of listening. If you haven't already, we would love it if you can follow us on YouTube, on Instagram, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that feels right for you. We've also just launched our first online course, Awakening 101 a ninja's guide to navigating your spiritual awakening which is led by me and is offered by a donation so if you feel called to that then please dive in it's available via our website thank you <laughs>